Hello, and welcome back to this podcast series, where this time we're going to look at one of the commonest questions we get asked, what happens when medicines get warm? Now, this can be a complicated area, but there's also a risk that we overthink things a bit, get nervous, and recommend people throw everything out just in case, and so waste NHS resources unnecessarily. So the plan is to run through a pragmatic approach to temperature deviations so that we can at least start to think about what might be happening and what consequences there might be for the medicines for when the manufacturer can only say, well, our SPC says. So most importantly, the exclusions. The approach we're going to cover looks at chemical degradation. So there may be other things to consider as well that you need to use your pharmaceutical knowledge on. The approach we're going to cover isn't a blanket run through the SOP and you have the right answer every time. You need to think about things too. So for example... Is there a microbial contamination risk? Open products might be at risk of contamination, and so microbial growth. Is your product a weird product? So this is a tricky one to identify, but for example, reconstituted penicillins apparently degrade faster than the calculations might predict. Are there rules and regulations that stop you using pragmatism? So clinical trials will have strict criteria for storage, and pharmacy areas may be bound by good distribution practice, or GDP. This specifically precludes the use of approaches like the one we're going to cover then have things got so hot that these rules don't apply? So this is about small deviations. If you've heated something up to 100 degrees C, you can't apply these rules. And then has there been temperature cycling going in and out of range? So far, I've not been able to find any examples of this causing actual real problems in real life, but it is a theoretical concern. We're therefore looking at single temperature deviations that haven't gone too far for normal, unopened products in non-pharmacy areas which is quite a few limitations, but it still catches a lot of our temperature calls. If in doubt, quarantine the product in the intended storage conditions and ask an expert. So the maths we're going to use is the Q10 calculation, which is about chemical degradation. How much more quickly do chemical reactions happen if you increase the temperature? And luckily, the maths is fairly easy too. So for how much faster is something likely to degrade at X degrees C instead of Y degrees C, the rearranged Q10 calculation is 4 to the power of the temperature difference in degrees C divided by 10. So if something's been stored at 16 degrees C instead of 8 degrees C, the maths is 16 minus 8 is 8, 8 divided by 10 is 0.8, 4 to the power of 0.8 is 3, so the product is likely to degrade 3 times faster at 16 degrees C than it does at 8 degrees C. Winner! And this was dead easy too. But what does this mean for us? How do we apply this knowledge? Well, the first thing we can do is look at how the numbers behave. The important thing to notice is that because the temperature difference is in the power bit, an increase in temperature doesn't affect the degradation rate linearly. It's exponential. As things get hotter, things degrade faster, quicker. So a temperature increase of 10 degrees C will increase the degradation rate fourfold. 20 degrees C, 16-fold. 30 degrees C, 64-fold. So little temperature wobbles don't make any difference at all. But as the temperature goes up, you'll quickly get to a point where you need to start caring a lot more. The second thing we can do is we can start to apply this to individual products. What the Q10 calculation is meant to be used for is prolonged temperature deviations. I know this product can be stored at 25 degrees C for a year, but I'm having to store it at 30. What should I change the expiry to? So 30 minus 25 is 5. 5 divided by 10 is 0.5. 4 to the power of 0.5 is 2. The new expiry should be half the original one, i.e. 6 months rather than a year. But what we could also do is apply it to temporary deviations. I've accidentally stored this product for a day at 30 degrees C rather than 25 degrees C. How should I adjust the expiry date? So this is the same temperature deviation. So 4 to the power of 0.5 is 2, which means that a day at 30 degrees C is like 2 days at 25 degrees C. So reduce the expiry by a day, at which point you're hopefully asking yourself, does this actually make a difference? 
Are we just getting a bit too pharmacy about it all? Good question. To start off with, it's worth reflecting on the numbers that we're using. The expiry dates of products are things like two years, three years, six months. Nice numbers. The numbers in the Q10 calculation are also surprisingly nice. Four, ten. It's almost like they've been picked because they're nice to work with, rather than because they're the perfect reflection of an underlying universal consistency. There's a lot of approximation and rounding going on. So the question we need to ask after we've done all our maths is, is this increase in degradation we've worked out meaningful for this product, or is it within the margin of error of all the other garbage we've chucked into our assumptions? It's probably easier to demonstrate this with a worked example. So a ward calls to say their fridge has gone up to 18.9 degrees C for an hour. Is this meaningful? What if it went up to 28.9 degrees C for a day? So the first one is about a 10 degrees C difference, which would be 4 to the power of 10 divided by 10. So the products in the fridge have had the equivalent of 4 hours at 8 degrees C, all in an hour. So reduce the expiry of everything by 3 hours. Is this sensible? Clearly not. Unless you've got things in your fridge with an original expiry measured in hours rather than days, the deviation is within the margin of error of the universe, and you don't need to do anything. However, if it went up to 28.9 degrees C for a day, that would then be the equivalent of about 4 to the power of 2, which is 16 days at 8 degrees C. So therefore, you'd be thinking to reduce the expiry by 15 days. This might start to matter for some products, and you'd need to start looking into things case by case. So pulling it all together, a potential way to approach temperature deviations could be, is there any reason not to apply a first principles approach? So is it a single deviation, not in a pharmacy area, because we don't want to fall foul of GDP? It's not a clinical trial, because we don't want to ruin the trial? Is it all UK licensed stock, so that we exclude weird stuff? And are there no aseptic items? Again, so we exclude weird stuff. And is everything in closed original packs? Then think about the deviation. What expiry reduction would a Q10 calculation suggest? And then think, would this be meaningful for the products that you have? So what is this reduction as a proportion of the product's normal shelf life? And do you have any reason to suspect the product would behave differently to other products? So for example, those penicillins that we mentioned earlier degrade quicker at higher temperatures than you'd expect, because their degradation products can change the pH of the product, which then drives faster degradation. And then think about, is there any follow-up needed? So why did the temperatures go up? Do we need to fix anything? This then lets us use a structure to work out what wobbles we need to consider more carefully. So for example 1, a ward's ambient temperature has gone to 32 degrees for 12 hours. What should they do? There's nothing too exciting on the shelves. The deviation means a 2.6 fold faster degradation. So even if it's been at 32 degrees C for the whole time, which it won't have been, this would reduce the expiries by about 19 hours. This is within the margin of error of the universe. There's been no meaningful deviation. So investigate why the temperature went up and see if you can stop it happening again, but continue to use the stock with no change to the expiry. However, example two, a ward left their fridge order on the side at 25 degrees C for two days. What should they do? Now there could be some interesting things in the fridge made by aseptics or reconstituted. The deviation is 17 degrees C, which would mean a 10.5 fold faster degradation. So if left on the side, that would reduce the expiries by about 20 days. This will be within the margin of error of the universe for some products, but not for others. So you need to consider the products individually. Consider contacting the manufacturers to see if they have additional stability information to prevent waste and investigate why products were left on the side as you always would. So to close, as always, I hope this has been useful or at least interesting. Thinking from first principles can give you an idea of what sort of deviations might be a problem for medicines. And remember that often manufacturers will say, we don't know, bin it, because they don't have exact information or don't have permission to share the information they have. Because if you thought the NHS was bound up in red tape, try working in pharma. So it's always worth asking why. Is it because they know it's a problem or because they don't have the data? 
Using this knowledge, you can then extrapolate from what you do know to your specific situation. The quality of medicines is really important, but remember that every pound spent on a perfectly fine medicine you chuck in the bin just in case is a pound not spent somewhere else in the system. Thank you, and see you next time.